0: To share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Having this podcast has brought so many amazing people into my life. Some I never even imagined would say yes. And this one today is one of those guests. But before I introduce him, I want to remind you to sign up your kids for my next Raising Confidence course and sign yourself up for my Magic Path course. Both are eight weeks long, one-on-one with me. I have seen such transformation in all of my clients. It is amazing. They go from living life almost unconsciously to being fully, so fully intentional. And we remove limiting beliefs that have held them back from truly living an authentic life on purpose. What if you could make it through one day without getting triggered by anything or anyone? You looked at life as perfect and that everything was in your life to teach you something so you can expand in this lifetime and grow because that is why we are here living in this body. What if you realized you could be, do, or have anything and the only thing that is stopping you is you? We only get one life in this body. Let's make it a magical life full of so much love, joy, and happiness. Please connect with me either at my website, ashleygonner.com or you can email me, ashleygonner at gmail.com. Or you can just look at the show notes on this podcast and you can click the links below. There's, they're all there. You can sign up on the waiting list for the classes and connect with me that way. And then when you discover you are awakened, you will realize how unlimited this universe is and how you are so much more powerful than you could ever even imagine. You can tell it lights me up and why I'm living in this passionate way because I believe in this, these tools, especially for kids right now, what they're going through. So connect with me, sign your kids up, let's start living life on purpose. (laughs) Anyway, on to my guest today, Dr. Bruce Goldberg. Dr. Bruce Goldberg holds a BA degree in biology and chemistry is a doctor of dental surgery from the University of Maryland School of Dentistry and has a master's degree in counseling psychology. He retired from dentistry and since then has concentrated on his thriving international hypnotherapy practice in Los Angeles, California. He is the author of 21 best-selling and award-winning books, including Past Lives, Future Lives, This book is the first book ever written on progression hypnotherapy, taking patients into their future lives. His second book, The Search for Grace, was made into a television movie by CBS. Dr. Goldberg is a sought-after guest and has appeared on many television radio shows throughout the country. He has appeared on Oprah, Regis, Jerry Springer, Montel, CNN, CBS, News, NBC, and the list goes on. He has conducted more than 35,000 past life regressions and future life progressions and has helped thousands of patients to empower themselves through the use of these valuable techniques. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. Bruce Goldberg to the show. Welcome, Bruce.
1: Well, thank you, Ashley. It's a pleasure to speak with you and to deal with the electromagnetic radiation of the universe, representing our souls.
0: Yes. Oh, uh, so I understand your background. I mean, you started going into dentistry and soon after that went a different direction. Will you give, I don't want to spend too much time because there's so many things that these your, the listeners are going to go, oh my gosh, what did how did Ashley get Dr. Bruce Goldberg on the show? <laughs> That's well, um, how I feel.
1: I appreciate it. Yes, I was a dentist. Uh, I retired many years ago. So now you might say I drill into past and future lives.
0: There you go. I love it.
1: So what made Uh, you,
0: what was your like moment? I
1: actually had an epiphany when I was actually in college and then subsequently in, let me give you the one in dental school, which is interesting. So I was beginning in my sophomore year as a summer vacation and I was beginning to get involved in astrology and getting more into new age, where previously I had no interest whatsoever. Okay. Mm. So I was working as a security guard on like his double shift. And I was going home from my little apartment just to relax. And I had a voice in my head. Okay. Which said to me, go to the Aquarian Age bookstore downtown. This is Baltimore, Maryland. I'm not going to bore you with the long story. That's a previous reason for that voice, but it literally saved my life. But anyway, I decided, let me go downtown. What have I got to lose? This voice saved my life three years ago. So I go into this bookstore. It's like an old speakeasy from the 1920s, but it's converted to a bookstore, you know? Oh,
0: cool. And uh,
1: I'm walking. I don't know what I'm doing there. So I walk in there, and at the very end of the aisle, there's a woman. She's about six and a half feet tall, wearing a Greek toga, okay, with a beehive hairdo. Remember, this was <laughs> 72. And she starts walking towards me, right? So I don't know who she is. And she walks right up to me and she says, I have been waiting for you. So I looked at her and I said, well, I've been waiting for you all my life. What's going on? You know, I mean, oh, funny. Says, come, come follow me. So I walked to the back of the bookstore. She's, remember, she's six and a half feet tall. She reaches up, gives reaches, gets a book out, hands it to me. And she goes, this will change your life. The name of that book was The Search for Bridie Murphy, which was a documented past life regression in the 1950s by a writer by the name of Maury Bernstein, who later became a good friend of mine. He's now in the Astral Plain. But um, so that literally changed my life. So I read the book, of course. It was a very interesting book. I uh, decided to do research. And the very first uh, person I worked with was a friend of mine. I just wanted to experiment with the techniques, with hypnosis. And she went into about nine different past lives, which was interesting, but more therapeutic. She overcame two habits in a phobia that I didn't know she had. And I saw the clinical manifestation and the advantage of using this technique. So that was the beginning. Since then, I've taken people into future lives, wrote my first book, Past Lives, Future Lives. You can see it in the corner on the mm-hmm. thing here. And um, I work with extraterrestrials, time travels more future, out-of-body experiences, spirit guides. So my uh, career has gone on a geometric progression in a positive level, all based on that epiphany and so, therefore, that literally changed my life. And I, When I practiced dentistry, it was only part-time for a few years, so about 12 years altogether. Full-time practice was this hypnotherapy practice. When I moved to Los Angeles back in 1989, then, of course, I retired from dentistry, and this has been my full-time practice since then. And for the benefit of your audience, they may be familiar with this. One of my cases was a documented case of reincarnation uh, based on my second book called The Search for Grace, which was made into a CBS movie. And this mm-hmm. was a case that was documented by the network, not by me. So this is a fully validated, one of the most documented cases of reincarnation of a woman who was obsessively attracted to a man who tried to murder her on three occasions and she couldn't break up with him. As it turns out, she was reincarnated with this gentleman. I use the term loosely for gentlemen, 20 times in 46 lives, and he murdered her every single time. And he would have done that again had we not gone through the cycle here and use my very famous superconscious mind tap technique, which is a way of raising consciousness by connecting with the higher self to help it to break this very obsessive compulsive pattern.
0: Right. Okay. Now let's go back and (coughs) dissect that. So explain higher self connecting to your superconscious mind.
1: Okay, so this is a technique I developed back in 1977, and it's called the superconscious mind tap. So let me give you a little bit of the science, and I'll give you the metaphysics. The soul, or subconscious mind, which the Indians, East Indians will call the prana, the Chinese call the chi, the Japanese call the ki, they're all the same. So what is it scientifically? We have evidence of that, thanks to Stanford University, London, and many other places. The soul is electromagnetic radiation, equivalent to this computer signal. Or a TV signal or a radio or a cell phone. They're all electromagnetic radiation. In fact, most universe, most radiation in the universe is electromagnetic. It's harmless. You're not going to turn red and light up a light, light up a room by listening to your cell phone. Okay. So electromagnetic radiation is the soul. Okay. The problem with that is the soul is compromised. We all have a karmic cycle. We're here to improve and to perfect ourselves so we can eventually ascend and join the God energy complex and what I call the God plane, so to speak, using my dimensional mentality. Now the higher self is given to us as it, it comes from the God energy complex. So it's like an agent of God. It's not an angel. It's a separate division of the God energy, which is perfect. So you can access your higher self if you're trained properly. Now, the higher self, because it's perfect and because the universal law states that you can never lower the soul's energy, no matter what you do, you can't lower the higher self's perfect energy by contacting it, but you can raise the soul's energy to a higher level. So it's like an energy immune system. Once you connect with your higher self, you can make yourself immune to issues and techniques or tendencies which you were previously vulnerable to, like habits, phobias, meeting the wrong person, uh, obsessive compulsive behavior, Uh, gambling too much, uh, sexaholism, whatever, whatever is causing you to have problems in life, those are issues or symptoms that you can rise above by connecting with the higher self. And eventually you'll merge with your higher self and that's where the is. I thought what's so
0: fascinating is when you say you can never descend, your energy cannot descend, but your energy ascends. So what do you do to get your Energy
1: to us keep us. Okay, so let me tell you why you can't descend. The reason why you can't descend, it's impossible unless your name is Buddha to ascend in one lifetime. So if okay. you, could, for example, let's say you're from a, using a zero to a hundred scale. Let's say you your higher self is a hundred, and let's say when you start off in your first life you're a zero. Okay. So let's say right now you're a thirty. Okay, going up the scale. Okay. A blonde 30 in your case. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So by the time you cross into spirit, if you go back to ground zero again, you will never be able to ascend because you can't ascend in one life. Our species, homo sapiens sapien, has a pretty nasty background. We're the only homo species around because we knocked off the other three over the last uh, 20 to 300,000 years ago. So basically the universe is saying, look, our species needs a lot of help. We have a lot of negative tendencies. So the reason why you can't lower the energy is because you'll never ascend if you do that. So if you wind up at the end of this life as a 40, when you reincarnate in your next life, you'll be a 40 again and then go up from there. Okay. okay? So that's why yeah. you can't lower it. Now you can raise it because the purpose of being here, the only purpose of being here is ascension. Everything else is earth plane caca.
0: Okay, right. We're only here to ascend. And that is why, and there are certain people- So we're all at different levels. That helps because, you know, like I think, wow, that, you know, that person is not a 30 yet. They're probably a 5 or a 10. That means they've only been in
1: past lives. It's not not based on the number of lives either. The average person has 1,000 lives. That's not impressive, by the way. You want to get out of here in two. You want to be a child and a parent, and you can do that in two lifetimes. Nobody does that. People just add insult to injury. But think of the uh, energy of the soul. Remember, it's energy; it's electromagnetic radiation. It Doesn't weigh anything. It's simply energy, photons, whatever you want to call it. The soul's energy is like an immune system. I call it an energy immune system. For example, if you have a very good immune system, you get your diet is good, you're getting plenty of rest, and you're not under a lot of stress. Then somebody stands right in front of you with a cold and sneezes at you. Mm-hmm. You, know, you will get the virus in your body, but you will kill it off because your immune system. We'll kill it. But right. if, you're, if your immune system is compromised because you're not getting enough rest or because your diet is off or because you're functioning uh, with less sleep, et cetera, then that person sneezing, the same person, you will then catch the cold. The immune system is too weak. So by accessing the higher self in what I call the super conscious mind tap now you can raise the soul's energy and therefore raise it to a higher level and be above what you were previously vulnerable to. Now, for the benefit of your audience, I know you're linking my website. There are five exercises on my website to uh, psychic self-defense, uh, out-of-body experiences, et cetera, that will help them to practice some of these techniques to show again an example of, of what I'm doing. I also have a YouTube channel that's hooked up to my homepage in the upper right hand corner. There's 55 videos on there which shows an actual me doing hypnosis on television and some workshops and seminars I was in India a few years ago that's on there. So there's a lot of extra material they can learn about this other than just this interview itself.
0: But people come to you with like phobias or an unexplained different issues that they have to go through that they want to get to the root of it. And that's what you go through. That's the hypnosis. right? Let me me show you
1: how the space time continuum in quantum mechanics or quantum physics, as it's known on the lay market is relevant here. So people always assume incorrectly, by the way, that everything has a past course to it. Okay. Well, that's not true. And I'll tell you why when you're doing hypnosis, you're actually entering the fifth dimension. You're actually going out of the body. I call that an IBE, which means that you're in the body, your perspective is from the physical body, but you're using your fifth dimensional senses. So it's like an out-of-body experience, except you're not floating on the ceiling, okay? So that's called an IBE. So all hypnosis is an IBE, as is meditation, which is the same thing as hypnosis. They're all alpha brainwave techniques, biofeedback, whatever term you want to use, psychocybernetics, whatever. They're all the same, okay? so. What happens here is that you say, well, when you're in the fifth dimension, now you're in the space-time continuum where past, present, and future are simultaneous. So there's not just thing as the past in the fifth dimension. So let me give you a case example of a gentleman. He's a psychologist, by the way, a very neurotic person. He has a hand-washing compulsion. In other words, if he greets a new patient and shakes their hand, he's got to wash his hand like 50 times a day. That's not Um, a prerequisite if you're a psychologist working with people's problems, okay? mm -hmm. So we go back into it. He becomes a patient of mine. He goes back into several past lives, which were very negative. In other words, he was involved in some pretty heavy stuff, which you say, well, that's the origin of his hand-washing compulsion. I wasn't convinced because nothing changed. Then I decided to take him into the origin. That's the way I gave the instruction. I didn't say go back. I said go to the origin. He went into the year 2088. 21st, uh, end of the the century, okay, and he was a uh, nuclear physicist in a uh, plant in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he had a nervous breakdown and caused a meltdown of the entire plant, which destroyed literally the city of Tulsa. So the guilt feeling from being this maniac in 100 years, or in this case, about 67 years from now, that caused him to had the guilt almost like Lady Macbeth here, you know? And he had the guilt of a hand-washing compulsion. Fortunately, to solve the case, I was able to take him into parallel universes in which he was a scientist and a physicist without the psychological problems and was and did not contaminate Tulsa, Oklahoma and carry that healing back to his current life. And he was removed or cured from the hand-washing compulsion. But that was the future life that was the issue. Now, I'll tell you something that your fans do know, okay? Jerry Springer. Yes. Now, I had the pleasure of interviewing with Jerry on his show years ago, and he went into a past life. I don't want to bore you with that one. The future life is relevant because Jerry has aquaphobia and hydrophobia. In other words, he goes to a country club. He goes up to the high board. He's freaked out now because he's afraid of heights. And he's afraid of water. So right. where did this come from? It wasn't from the past. In In about 100 years, he's going to be a rancher named Montana Bobby, And he's going to be supplying foodstuff to our moon base. And one fine day when he's making the sortie back from the moon to the earth, his craft crashes into the ocean and he drowns. And that's the origin of his hydrophobia and his acrophobia, or fear of heights. The future causes current problem, not the past.
0: I need you to explain how the nature of time, when you describe it like a helicopter is looking at a freeway, Will you describe? Right, so
1: yeah, this is my famous helicopter analogy. So let's say you're on a freeway, whatever city you live in, and uh, you're in a helicopter that's a couple of hundred feet above the freeway, like when they do traffic reports, they do that, you know, in most cities. So you have a, a cell phone and directly below you is a car that is your present. You can see the car, right? right? Now, five miles behind the car that's directly below you, there's another car with a cell phone that you have access to and there's five miles in front of the car that's directly below you, there's a car that has a cell phone. These cars cannot see each other. You cannot see a car five miles before you or behind you on the freeway. But the helicopter, because it's above the freeway, can see all three cars simultaneously. That is an example of a space-time continuum.
0: I'm understanding that time is linear.
1: Well, our perception of time, time is not linear, time is right. time continuum. See, this is where Einstein had a big problem. He tried to do the grand unified theory to marry the quantum world, where time is simultaneous, to the macro world, where we make up our linear time. But in the subatomic world, photons and electrons, et cetera, and the fifth dimension, which is anything beyond the Earth plane, time is simultaneous. And we know that. We can prove that.
0: Right. When you talk about your family and your kids and we're all like in the soul family, we're all part of like people in your life that make a different, like friends that are...
1: We call this group karma. So people that are significant to you, they don't have to be a family member. They could be a business partner. They could be just a good friend. They could be a mentor, a professor or somebody else, whatever. These people, we incarnate usually in groups of about a dozen lives and you're supposed to work out things. So Remember, there's no such thing as karmic incest. So your father in a past life could be your brother or your mother in your current life. You understand? So your mother in your current life could have been your lover in a past life. There's no karmic incest, The soul is not have sex. So these people reincarnate with you in various roles to learn lessons. Everything is based upon learning lessons. This is known as the schoolhouse theory.
0: Okay, so then when we're, it's time for us to leave, we pass on are we like explain that to me and how you just how you this
1: is what i call this a technique called conscious dying very important this is an ascension technique remember we talked about we're both in agreement that ascension is the ultimate purpose here right right okay so this is something goes back to the mystery schools from ancient egypt greece rome persia etc this has been going on for thousands of years so at the moment of death okay Problem is people die in fear because of society, religion, whatever, you name it. They're scared shitless because of death. They think that's the end of everything or they're going to hell. Either way, they lose, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So my left fist represents the soul at the moment of death. It now has left the body. My right fist represents the higher self, which will be with you at the moment of death. This is what you want to do. You want to do this. You merge with your higher self at the moment of death. That's known as conscious dying. Now you avoid going to the lower astral plane and going through all the mechanics of the various uh, dimensions and then winding up in the soul plane to reincarnate. You don't want to reincarnate. You want to get out of here. But this is what happens. Commonly, you're right next to the higher self. Because of fear, you do this. Now the soul goes through the lower astral plane where it can stay there for many years by our time, which is a very bad neighborhood. Entities are there, bullies, uh, extraterrestrials that are nasty like reptilians and the greys and all kinds of creepy uh, beings that are there just to torture us. And then you got to go through a whole bunch of other cycles to eventually wind up on the soul plane. And then you're going to reincarnate into an equally dysfunctional life in your next lifetime. That's not a good pattern. What you want to do is merge with the higher self at the moment of death and then avoid the lower astral, go right up to what we call the soul plane, And then you can descend into the higher planes and rejoin the God energy complex. In my paradigm, I have 13 dimensions. The earth plane is the lowest, and there's the astral. Then there's the causal, which is the seat of the Akashic Records, which is the memory of all past, present, and future lives. Beyond the causal is the etheric plane. And beyond that is the is the mental plane, excuse me, and then the etheric plane. Now, those five dimensions represent the karmic cycle. Beyond the etheric plane is the soul plane, which is sort of like a DMZ. It's neither the higher or the lower planes, but that's where you choose your next life if you're going to reincarnate or you ascend from if you merge with your higher self. And then you go into seven other dimensions, which are all higher planes to eventually the 13th plane or the God plane where you rejoin the God energy complex, which means by the way, no body, you're pure energy now, perfect, pure energy.
0: And why, when you describe it with the two fists and you want to, the soul to grab onto the higher self, why would someone not do that?
1: Well, because they don't know, because they're living in fear. Okay. Remember, society, there's only two emotions in the universe. You have unconditional love and you have fear. Fear causes all the problem and people always want unconditional love. They want to meet a soulmate, unconditional love, right? Well, if you want unconditional love, my recommendation is get a dog. I recommend miniature scenarios. My dog, Karma, is a good example. But humans are not capable of unconditional love. There's always a self-interest. So yeah, of course, logically, sure, logically, people shouldn't kill people. They shouldn't rape women or kill babies. They shouldn't uh, do terrorism. But logic doesn't fit into the emotional aspect where people do stupid things or they just ignore. And by the way, these these universal laws I'm reporting about are not known by most people. 99.9% of the universe Of the world that we live in, have no idea what I'm talking about.
0: Right. And you just studied and you just, it's like you decided from the soul plane, when I come back as Dr. Bruce Goldberg, this is going to be my path. You've already planned, this is like your blueprint.
1: Well, okay. Yes. It's not predestination though. This is not Calvinism. So you choose the framework of your life, but then you have free will along the way. So Mm -hmm. if you have an opportunity Let's say in my case, I had an opportunity to become a dentist for 40 years or to do dentistry for 12 years part-time and then retire from it and come out here and do this, or I could have stayed as a dentist. So that was my free will choice. I wasn't programmed to do that where I had no choice, no free will. Okay, You always have free will. So when people say, they always say, gee, I I made uh, something really negative happen. It's an act of God. No, it isn't. It's an act of your free will and your stupidity. Don't blame God for it, okay? You know, it's like, give an example. When I was in college, one of my uh, uh, friends, she came to the student union to have breakfast one Sunday morning. And I said, I said, what's going on? She goes, you'll never guess what happened. I woke up this morning in the boys' dormitory. I don't know how I got there. And I don't know what happened last night. And I said, look, don't bullshit me. You got drunk. You know exactly what happened, okay? Don't blame it on the universe, okay? Right? You were just horny and drunk, Okay. <laughs> So we are responsible for our actions. So again, what I'm telling you or discussing right now, many people will reject it for religious reasons or just because they're atheists, they're welcome to their opinion or they just don't want to hear about it because they're, they're too lazy to read and to open up their mind. I obviously did. And I've written 21 books to show that, by the way. And by the way, for the benefit of your audience too, they go to my homepage. I do a webinar at the second Sunday of the month on a different topic, a metaphysical topic. And I include group hypnosis there so they can actually experience the hypnosis techniques I deal with as a result of dealing with that particular topic. So they can build that in the homepage.
0: Oh, I love that. I want to talk about teleportation and how, when I was listening to one about when, I want you to tell the story of the Jamaica trip and I want you to tell the story about that date, about having that piece of paper that you wrote. Let's talk about the
1: date first. Okay. Okay.
0: We'll talk about the
1: date. uh, I was a young budding dentist. This was around 1976 or seven or so. And I met this young lady. She was about, I don't know, 20 years old, a college student. So she's over my apartment. And I was just, oh, this was 77, because that's when I developed progression. So I had just developed the progression technique. So I wanted to see how my date was going to come out, right? You know, right? Got that. So I do a, a hypnotic exercise and I see her sitting on my couch. And we're having a conversation and she's speaking to me, but she says a very interesting expression, one that is not common to people, right? Something okay. unusual, but that's the personality. So I wrote down what she said in this progression, remember it hadn't happened yet by our earth time mentality, folded it into a piece of paper and quarters, put it on my coffee table. Now we fast forward to the day we go out to a movie or something, she comes back to my apartment, sitting on the couch in her millennialness, as I call that. And um, she says to me, we start talking, you know, and she says to me, "We back and forth. And finally, she says the expression. And I said, stop. She goes, what, did I do something wrong? And I said, no, could you just repeat what you just said to me? She goes, okay. And she says the expression. I said, now look at the coffee table. She goes, what am I looking at? I said, see that piece of paper there? She goes, yeah. Unfold it and read it. Well, she freaked out.
0: I'm sure she did. This
1: was black magic. Remember, I was dealing with hypnosis. This is Baltimore, Maryland. This is a redneck city in the 1970s. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? This is not a metaphysical vortex. This is San Francisco. Okay. So she said, Oh my God, this is, am I losing my soul? And she just ran out of the apartment. So this is how not to do a date just for you (laughs) you guys out there. Okay. Now, the one about Jamaica is interesting. This was a few years later, it was the end of December. And I was watching a football playoff game. And Baltimore, Maryland gets really cold in the wintertime. I mean, this must have been like two degrees outside. Mm -hmm. And I had a patient, this is a Sunday now, I had a patient coming in on Monday. So I couldn't go anywhere. And I was thinking about the best vacation I've ever had in my entire life, which is my Tico Bay, Jamaica, which I had done a few years before. But of course, I'm in Baltimore and it's freezing outside. And uh, so I said, you know, I want to go to Jamaica. Well, I can't just book a flight. and I've got to be here, right? So I changed my clothes. I had three dogs at the time. I changed into my uh, bathing suit with my little Zoris, my little uh, radio, you know, little portable radio, my copper tone, and the beach towel, uh-huh. and my sunglasses, right? So my mm-hmm. dogs will look, and I'm only not lying on the couch. And my dogs are looking at me like, what is going on here? What are you crazy? You know? So I do <laughs> my hypnosis technique. This is teleportation. Now, remember, teleportation, first, for the benefit of the audience, you physically go from one place to another. This is not an out-of-body experience. You physically enter into the space-time continuum, and you go from point A to point B with your body. That's what that teleportation means, okay? Okay. So the next thing I know, I'm in Montego Bay. It's uh, afternoon, and it's a very isolated part of the beach. And there's this young, co-ed, dark-haired, beautiful college student lying on a beach towel. There's nobody around, right? Mm-hmm. So and I'm standing about five feet from her. Right. So she turns around and she goes, where did you come from? You, you can't move very fast on the beach. Right. With the sand. Right. Right. And I said, well, I travel quickly. And uh, I said, so you're here by yourself. She goes, yeah. And I said, do you mind if I, um, you know, put my towel?" She goes, no, no, no. So we start talking. We go swimming. You know, we're having a good time. So finally, a couple of hours later, she says, how long are you going to be in town? Because I always go to the beach at this time of the day. It was late afternoon. And I said, well, my flight leaves early, okay? So, uh, but if I'm around, I'll let you, I'll come back here. The next thing I know, I'm back on the couch in Baltimore. So people will say, well, how do we know this wasn't just an out-of-body experience or whatever? The problem was, number one, my bathing suit is soaking wet. I've got uh, sand in my zori's and in my bathing suit. And the one thing you cannot do in hypnosis, and I'm an expert, I had a suntan. You can't do that on December 28th in Baltimore. Okay.
0: Oh About my that. gosh.
1: So that's a teleportation. That's the T-word. Now, other people have done that, I've trained people to do it. By the way, those people that are interested in teleportation, my most current book, Exploring the Fifth Dimension, which they can see in my homepage. If they order it from my site and they mention the show, I will include a fifth dimensional travel exercise, a CD. They can do hypnosis and go out of the body and do the techniques that we're talking about. So that special offer is based on the podcast. Just mention the the show and uh, you will get the free CD for those people.
0: Okay. Oh, great. Thank you. So explain that. So your body left the couch?
1: Yeah, my body went into a tear in the fabric of space-time. We call that like a wormhole and zipped to uh, Montego Bay.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) There are many cases. By the way, there are many cases of documented teleportation. Most of the countries that are involved are Argentina and England for some reason. But there are in my Exploring the Fifth Dimension book and in my Time Travel Smart Future book, it's another book, I document the various cases of documented teleportation. Okay. They're, they're very, they're very heavy and they're real. They've been witnessed by people. Some of them are witnessed by the church. Others are witnessed by just average people. So uh this is not an a phenomena to sneeze at. This is a real phenomena.
0: So when you're in Jamaica talking to that lady, you know that you're
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: You're aware of that.
1: There's two things I knew. Number one, she was hot. Number two, I know I'm going to leave soon. Okay. Huh. My time is limited. When you teleport, even out of body experiences, when you have an out of body experience, you're not going to be there for hours and hours at a time. Your duration is very short. You're going to zip back to the physical body. Why? Well, it's just the way the universe works. The universe doesn't want us to be out of the body for like a week. It's a problem. Okay. First of all, the body is unprotected technically. Not so much for psychic attack, but if you're out of the body and you're driving a car, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and going to cut you off in the freeway. And meanwhile, you're in the astral plane, not a good concept.
0: Okay, so what if you are driving and you go to Jamaica? You're still going to come back with a tan?
1: Oh, yeah. Or? It doesn't matter where you start from, it's where you end up as. If I'm in the fortress of solitude with Superman, okay, where it's like all icicles, and I decide to teleport to Jamaica or to any other island environment, I'm going to get a suntan.
0: Okay. What if you're driving your car? Well, you're going to crash?
1: Uh, We're not because when you're driving a car, let me tell you the good news about driving. There's something called three way hypnosis, which is documented by every police department and DMV. When you're driving in a car, 25% of the time you're in an alpha brainwave level. That means hypnosis. Your eyes are open and you can respond. So even if you had an out-of-body experience while driving, it really wouldn't put you in any great danger. I'll give you an example. Remember, when you go into the fifth dimension, all time is simultaneous. So I used to drive from Baltimore, Maryland to Lauderdale, Florida, Christmas time for my only vacation in dental school. Okay? okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I wanted
1: to bake my chest in the sun. Okay? Got that? So this Got is it. December, right? So one day, it's a 20-hour Drive. Trust me. I I remember that. Okay. I'll never do it again, but it was 20 hours. And I would stop off every four or five hours to get gas, to get a cup of coffee, to keep awake. When I was driving, of course, I'm in hypnosis uh, at least 25% of the time. That's five hours. So when I was driving, I was somewhere between, I don't know, South Carolina and Georgia or somewhere on this creepy, well, this is before 95 was built. So these are creepy little small roads. And I see myself arriving in Lauderdale, or in this case, Hollywood, Florida, which is right near. And going to, I used to rent a house, a room in a house when I was traveling. I couldn't afford hotels. I was on a limited budget. So I would go to the paper, look up people, rent rooms to their houses. And I would rent that for a week or so when I was down there. So I see myself renting out a room in a house. And some guy is like this old Polish guy. And the room that I'm renting has really weird, creepy wallpaper, almost like psychedelic wallpaper.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Now I zip back into the body and I'm driving, right? And I think, wow, that's weird. Now I arrive in Hollywood, Florida, umpteen hours later, right? Right. I go to the newspaper. This is before cell phones. Okay. I go to the paper, look up rooms for rent, see a place in Hollywood, call the guy. The guy says, Yeah, come on over. The room is available. He's an old Polish guy. And when I go into the room, it's the exact same psychedelic wallpaper that I saw in my oh trip my in the car. That was an out-of-body experience. Okay.
0: Oh my gosh. What, t- explain dreams to me then. So when you sleep- oh, All
1: dreams are, dreams are all, we, we know this from dream laboratory research for the last 70 years. All dreams are alpha brain uh, wave waves. They're called the REM cycle, rapid eye movements. So when you're dreaming, it's not a fantasy. These are real experiences on the astral plane or any other part of the fifth dimension. Dreams are real. Now, if you meet Darth Vader and he stabs you in the heart with a sword or something, you're not going to die on the earth plane. You might die on the astral plane, but that has nothing to do with the physical plane. You just may wake up with anxiety, which is what people do when they have a nightmare. But basically, dreams are all real experiences. Most of the time, it's on the astral plane. Now, I use these techniques to get people to go to the upper astral plane, not the lower, so that they can uh, use this connection on the upper astral plane. You can connect with your higher self. You can't connect with your higher self on the lower astral plane. The only entities you're going to meet are nasty ones like Darth Vader or Dick Cheney or somebody. You're not going to meet positive entities. No spirit guides or angels or any, forget that. By the way, what a technique I use is I train people to build what I call a sanctuary on the upper astral planes, like a conference room where you can attract your higher self and your higher self is the one that brings in spirit guides.
0: Okay. okay?
1: So spirit guides are brought in always by the higher self. But before we discuss that, one thing about past life regressions and things like that, dreams are usually the sleep previews of past lives. So if you have a dream when you're in Egypt or Rome or Greece or whatever, or, or the Middle Ages or the Renaissance, that is actually, you're reliving a past life when you do that. Hmm.
0: So, Because they are- you're, on, you're in another plane and it's all simultaneous. Your right. the
1: astral, you're usually the astral plane. You're reading your Akashic records is what we call that. So when I work with my patients, let me give you the benefits of why doing this has benefits other than just intellectual curiosity, because I'm not big on that. I don't really care about intellectual curiosity. That's fine. But the benefits clinically are you remove the fear of death because you realize you're going to have a future life. That's a biggie. That's mm-hmm. called fanophobia, by the way. You do what I call psychic empowerment, which means you Eliminate bad habits, phobias, negative tendencies. So you're taking charge of your life while growing spiritually. And thirdly, you're able to access your higher self so you can perceive your future of this life, which I call age progression, or future lives, which I call future life progression. So those advantages are to me very significant in reference to uh, doing these techniques. So the um, now the spirit guides, I do want to discuss that for a moment. When you're in the upper astral plane in the sanctuary, as I call that, your higher self is now going to be brought in and it's going to say, okay, you need something. If you have a biological issue, it's going to bring in what we call a chemist guide. So if you have a medical problem, those are the guides. They're all specialists. You can bring in the doctor, which deals with the mental or emotional healing. We call that the doctor's spirit guide. You can bring in a message guide used to develop our psychic gifts. If you want to develop your third eye or t- telepathy, teleportation, out of experience, et cetera, you can use, uh, you can meet what we call gatekeepers, which are spirits or spirit guides that allow you to have spiritual protection and to keep negative entities and evil forces away from you. So these spirit guides are like, like specialists in medicine, you have, you know, air doctors, uh, kidney specialists, etc. The spirit guides are specialists in their own right. But remember, they're all brought in by your higher self. So one of the reasons why I love the concept of my super conscious mind tap is because I'm training people to meet their higher self. And the higher self is what is going to bring in the spirit guides. Now, you say, well, if you meet a spirit guide and what you think is a spirit guide, how do you know it's a spirit guide, not a lower astral entity? It's a very important question because you can be on the lower astral plane, which in the beginning looks like the upper astral. As time goes on, you're going to see the creepy entities that come in there, okay? Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, it looks normal. Well, first of all, A spirit guide is always going to give you unconditional love. You're never going to have any fear or negative emotion. A lower astral will uh, be self-serving, will use foul language, will try to manipulate you. It'll be like a cult leader. Ignore everyone else but me, and it will be blasphemous towards God and towards anything on the earth plane. It will, uh, as a result of contact with the lower astral, you're going to have bad luck, nightmares, headaches, all kinds of problems. The, The spirit guide is the opposite. It will just benefit you. It will not tell you what to do. It will not interfere with your free will. It will just advise you and give you unconditional love at all times. So that's how you tell whether you're with, it's your emotions. How do you feel emotionally? If you feel good or neutral, spirit guide. If you feel fear, intimidated, uncomfortable in any way, it's a lower astral. So you want to just dismiss it and say, take a walk into your spiritual hairpiece floats and they will leave.
0: Huh? When you think of, like, with that, if someone is surrounded by that kind of energy, are they lower on the, the lives? Are they lower numbered?
1: Well, they could just have a bad day. I mean, you know, you could have a very spiritual person and have a, a lower astral experience. That doesn't mean okay. that they're low on the level. So, a spirit guide contact has a lot of advantages. One, you always want to bring in the spirit guides because, like I say, they're specialists. You're going to develop your psychic abilities. Number one, that's what, the, that's, what, that's what the gatekeepers will do. You're going to increase your ability to love yourself as well as others. Very important concept. There's a lot less love in this world than I'd like to see. Okay? Mm-hmm. Remember, unconditional love is the main motion of the universe. You can establish contact with your masters and guides, as well as your higher self, of course. You can meet a soulmate, overcome habits, phobias. You can see into the future, eliminate the fear of death. You can learn your own karmic purpose is why you're here. You can establish or access the wisdom of the ancients. These are like the ascended masters. There's like supposedly 144,000 ascended masters. These are beings that are like angels in a way. And you you can access their knowledge and wisdom, which will help you in your own growth and development as a soul. So all these are, are possible and probable once you connect with your higher self. And when I work with my patients and On my website, there's also a psychic protection from negativity exercise, which will surround you not just with the white light, but there are other techniques that will balance your higher chakras and it will connect you to the higher self. Now, one thing your listeners may not know, and I have a problem in this field because I don't know why this is not universal. Among my colleagues, not among the, the population, they may not know this. I can understand that. But I do have a problem with my colleagues. They'll talk about the white light. You know, you're protected mm-hmm. by the light, surrounded by the light, but no one ever defines what the light is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not complicated, folks. It's the higher self. Okay. It's the way it commonly represents itself. Yeah, I love why that. isn't that taught by people? It isn't. I don't know why, but I teach it. Of course, I'm not the only one, but majority don't. They just simply say, oh, it's the white light. Don't worry about it. Hmm. So even they don't know it's the higher self, which is ignorance, which is a problem, or they're just hiding it for some reason. I don't understand why, unless they want you to be codependent on them, which is a no no, which is a red flag. It's the higher self. So I always encourage people to do a lot of reading, not just my books. I've got 21 of them, but there are many other books out there and, and podcasts and things. Always uh, keep your mind open, explore other mentalities. I'm not trying to dictate the rules of the universe. I'm just going from my 50 years in this field and to uh, help elucidate people's uh, idea towards spirituality.
0: When you're on the ranking of a zero to a hundred, and you've gone, you know, you're at a hundred now, and you decide, I'm not coming back to this plane.
1: Right, so you can be, this is called a Buddha complex. You can stay as a spirit guide yourself, because you okay. are perfect, and you can help others. Or that means you can hang out at the soul plane, and then come back down to the earth plane. Or you can now go to the soul plane and say, Okay, God energy complex, get my room ready. I'm ready to come. And okay. then now you're going to leave your physical body or your spiritual body behind now. Now you're going to be pure energy. And you're going to go into the higher planes, which you can call heaven nirvana, where there's no victims, no perpetrators. Everything is perfect. It's the ultimate of ultimate perfection. And then you go through the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth plane, and then eventually into the thirteenth plane, where you remerge with the God energy complex.
0: Why wouldn't everyone want to do that?
1: Everybody should want to do it, but they don't know because religion tells them uh, you can't do it unless you uh, believe in Jesus or uh, swing a chicken over your head on a Friday night if you're a shaman. Okay, you know whatever. It's funny. I I was um I was on the air one time with uh, my good friend George Nori, and a guy calls in from North Carolina, and he's a uh, he's a professor of theology, right? Mm-hmm. So he looks at me and he says, you know, doctor, he says, I know who you are. Because we were discussing my book, Past Life, Future Lies. He says, I think you're the cousin of the devil. (laughs) So I said, you know, professor, you really piss me off. I'm a New Yorker. I don't take any crap from people. you know why you piss me off? Because nobody wants to be the cousin of the devil. If you're going to call me, I'll be the son of the devil. I want top priority here. I want the publicity, okay? So George is laughing now, right? Okay. So he knows I'm going to go after this guy. I said, so, okay, professor, you're a professor of theology. I have a background in theology. So what do we have, about 3,000 religions on this planet today? He says, no, actually, it's 4,500. I said, well, thank you for correcting me. 4,500 religions. Most people don't know more than five, I'm sure. And I said, let me guess. You're a Southern Baptist, right? He said, you got that right. And I mm-hmm. said, let me guess. The Southern Baptists are the only true religion in the world. He says, praise the Lord. And I said, no, you asshole. That's why we have terrorism today. It's because of narrow-minded, bigoted idiots like yourself trying to play games with people and trying to make them feel guilty because they don't believe in your, your theology, which has a lot to be desired, to be proven. Okay? You got that? And he said to me, he goes, you don't believe in God. I said, no, I believe in God. I'm a monotheist. I just don't believe in your God. Right. My God doesn't smite people down or have a favorite son or a favorite country, okay, or favorite people, okay, I believe in perfect energy, where we all have the ability to perfect ourselves, that's monotheism in the ultimate form, but my point is is that you see the problem here, people, I'm sure he's got a ministry, I'm sure he's got a bunch of minions that he preaches to, and scares the shit out of every Sunday, and gets their tax-free dollars, okay, I got a problem with that, to me, I'm not against capitalism, I believe. I wrote a book called Karmic Capitalism, okay, which is attaining abundance while growing spiritually. I just don't like brainwashing people, lying to them, or making them feel guilty and negative. I got a real problem with that. My work is based upon positivity, getting as close as possible to unconditional love, and facilitating ascension. Anything else to me, I have zero interest in. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I yes, I'm with you. When you go, and when you pass on, are you... Do you feel like this is your the last life you're going to live, teleported? Well,
1: I, I work towards my own ascension. Uh, I have done future life progressions. I don't have to have those future lives. If I do this correctly at the moment of death and merge with my higher self, then those future lives will be irrelevant. But if I do have a future life, they're going to be pretty cool, okay? Have <laughs> you seen them. Yeah, I have seen them. I've, I've seen the three of my future lives if I want to have those. By the way, there's something for your audience Let's say somebody has problems they cannot solve. Maybe they have an incurable disease. They lost an arm or leg. They uh, lost loved ones, have a criminal record, whatever, things that they cannot change, right? Right. What's the solution? I don't preach suicide. The solution is you can switch parallel universes. And I did that myself. In 1994, when I was working with the uh, CBS producer about my TV movie, The Search for Grace, there was a lot of political problems and legal problems and things had nothing to do with me or the writer. And the network was not going to air the movie. They put it into what we call developmental hell. So the writer, of course, was panicking. He said, Bruce, I need the money. What's going to happen here? I said, I'll fix it. He says, the network doesn't want to hear with you from you. And I said, I don't deal with those energy vampires. I got my own technique. So I used my, what's called my new you technique, which I document in my uh, Exploring the Fifth Dimension book, as well as my Custom Design Your Own Destiny book. And I simply perceived my own parallel universes. We all have parallel universes. And I switched tracks. The one that I entered into, not only did the movie air, it aired May 17th, 1994, but many of the people and situations in that parallel universe air that I was able to perceive hmm. that I had no knowledge of and no control over. So that was an example of actual evidence of me testifying to my own ability to go into a parallel universe. And I do work with training people to enter parallel universes when they have a life right now that really sucks and they just can't, they can't deal with it.
0: Wow. What is the aging process? How oh, you can slow, slow aging?
1: Because I want to know that. The slowing down an aging process. This is a way, once you access the higher self and once you deal with the hypnotic level, you're actually increasing the production of the body's hormone called DHEA. In the, it's a sex hormone. It becomes estrogen in women and testosterone in men. But in the intermediary phase, it's called DHEA sulfate is an S at the end. And it's an uh, acetate, which is actually stimulates the immune system. So our body decreases the production of DHEA as you age. Right, But you can re-stimulate it and reproduce more. And therefore, the more DHEA you produce, the, slowly, the, the longer you're going to live. Because the only reason why we live is our immune system breaks down, or else you'd be eternal. Like a single-celled organism, like an amoeba or paramecium living in the water, if we don't contaminate the water, it lives eternally. Mm-hmm. Okay? So yeah. it won't sell and it's not married, you know? You know, it's like, you know what I
0: mean? Right. Oh. <laughs> but what do you, how, so how am I going to make more DHEA?
1: By using self-hypnosis with the techniques. I have a uh, CD called Slowing Down the Aging Process, which specifically connects you to the higher self with specific techniques on there for the body to build up DHEA, which is produced by the adrenal glands and the gonads. And there's medical studies in my book called Look Younger, Live Longer. I quote the medical research, biochemical research, to show that when you enter into an alpha level of hypnosis or meditation, you actually produce more DHEA. You stimulate that. We have biochemical evidence of that.
0: Hmm. So
1: there's science to support the whole approach.
0: What, on a daily basis for you, do you meditate?
1: See, when people use the word meditation, they don't realize that they're not correct meditation, if you were to study the East India literature, you have to go through a lot of gyrations and procedures and techniques to meditate. You also have to clear your mind of all thoughts. And I've been involved in this field for nearly 50 years. I can't do that. Okay, so what they're doing is actually self-hypnosis, which is okay. You know, it's just not meditation. I know meditation sounds cool, but -hmm. you're not doing it. Okay, you're doing self-hypnosis.
0: And what if you're just, you're laying there listening to something uh, self-guided meditation that's still it's
1: well, fine okay you can listen to the meditation and you can be in an alpha brainwave but if you were to determine that to label that as meditation okay it's incorrect because of the definition of what meditation is okay i'm going by the vedas the Puranas, the east indian literature they define specifically what meditation is and what we do in the west is not meditation right it's- i just call it an alpha brainwave Call it anything you want. It doesn't make, it's semantics. It doesn't make a difference. You can attain the samadhi state, which is a meditative classification by entering into a medium level of trance of hypnosis. Same thing.
0: Like when you have clients come and have you ever failed in having one get hypnotized? I don't
1: fail. People can fail. That's Yeah, people, yeah, no, they can. Perfect. My batting average isn't a thousand, but there are very few people in my entire career that could not use the techniques. Now, some people's goals are very complicated. They may not be able to attain, depending on the goal, I don't control the medical aspect because I work with people with heavy stuff. You know, you got cancer and AIDS and lupus and some of these so-called incurable diseases. I'm not responsible for whether they are going to be cured from that. The higher self, remember, I, I only do 1% of the therapy. The patient with the higher self does 99%. Right. And that includes spirit guides that are brought in as a as, uh, agents. So I'm only doing 1% for training. So it's the patient's higher self that succeeds or fails, not me.
0: Okay. So when you are guiding them to connect with their higher selves, you have them call, like if someone has cancer, you're going to have them call in a spirit guide to like a doctor, a healer. Well, no, they're going to
1: bring in the chemist guide for that. That would be the chemist guide. That's a biological thing. So that would bring in the chemist's guide for the immune system. The higher self would do some manipulation on the auric field. So the frequency vibrational rate of the soul would be raised to a higher level. The soul actually controls the physical body. So if you increase the vibrational rate of the soul, it will now activate the immune system, the T cells, the lymphatic system, the mast cells, the beta cells, all these aspects of the immune system to fight off the cancer. Okay,
0: so if someone has cancer, can you get them to go into their parallel planes to change that
1: well if they have cancer on this universe it doesn't mean they're going to have cancer on all the other parallel universes. in fact there'll be several where they definitely do not have cancer and that's one of the ways in which i treated people who did have incurable diseases There is something called etheric plane surgery, which is a lot more complicated going to the etheric plane and having these special entities there called etheric plane surgeons, which will heal the etheric body. And then you transfer the etheric body to the physical body because the etheric body is the only spiritual body that's identical to the physical body. All the other ones are taller, leaner, younger looking, uh, thinner, et cetera. But the etheric body is a mirror image of the physical body. So if you heal the etheric body and you have to go to the etheric plane for that, every spiritual body has a dimension it goes through. So if you occupy your astral body, you can only go to the astral plane, okay? So if you go to the etheric plane, that's a very low percentage technique. When it works, it's brilliant. But if it doesn't work, of course I would do it first. And if it didn't work, then I would give them the option of going into a parallel universe.
0: Huh? But you've, you've healed, or not you, but they people have been healed. Oh yeah,
1: in my book, healing, I have a case of cancer and age, which are well-documented for healing. Those were incurable diseases at that time and even today, and they were cured not by me, but by the patient's higher self.
0: Hmm. You know, I just, (laughs) it's just so fascinating to me. So you've done this for 50 years.
1: Nearly, yes, nearly. You've studied this. There was a time when people asked me, was I ever skeptical about this field? And the answer is about reincarnation, et cetera. The answer is yes, in a past life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Right. When you so you really know that so you've looked at your past lives, you've seen yes. what you've 13 you've been. Of them. I've seen 13 of
1: my own regressions. Yes. I'm very familiar with my karmic cycle.
0: Tell me, explain no, to no,
1: my I will not do that. The reason let oh. me you, The reason why I don't do it is not because of control issues. It's because people come up to me, they say they're a psychic reader and they want me to refer people to them. And I say, okay, if you're a psychic reader, read me. And if mm-hmm. I talk about my past lives here, then they can watch this podcast and say, oh, you live so-and-so. This way, the only way they're going to get it is if they're tuning into my Akashic records.
0: Oh, got it. Um, and you bring people to their Akashic records.
1: Yeah, I train them. That's very simple to do, actually. Once they go into the fifth dimension, even though the Akashic records are technically stored on the causal plane, which is beyond the astral plane, you can access the causal plane on any dimension, even the earth plane. When a psychic, a real one, not the con artist that I deal with every now and then, but when the real true psychics or empaths, whatever you want to call them, when they really read someone, they're sitting in their physical body, okay? They're reading the Akashic Records of the person that they're reading, and that's how they get their past or future experiences.
0: Huh. Oh, that's so fascinating to me. Oh, my gosh. We're at the end. So we know how to find you and your website, drbrucegoldberg.com.
1: And if they order my Exploring the Fifth Dimension book, which talks about teleportation, out-of-body experiences and parallel universes, and they mention this podcast, they order it from my site, not from Amazon or any book, so it's gotta be from my site, then I will include a free CD called Fifth Dimensional Travel, and they can go into the fifth dimension and actually experience all the things that we talked about today. Oh
0: my gosh, that's amazing. I'm gonna do that. Thank you for offering that to everybody. Amazing. Gosh, you know, having a podcast and meeting people like you and really opening my eyes to, you know, I was like, one of my clients had sent me a, one of your interviews on the Gaia network. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't stop. I said, oh my gosh. I, and then I said, I have to ask him. I don't, you know, just like, and then you said yes. And I thought, oh my gosh. And then to meet you and listen to you. And it's, I mean, it's just almost like I have to go listen to it again and again and again.
1: (laughs) I appreciate that. I've done like 10 interviews with Gaia, with George and Regina Meredith and Sean Stone. Um, So there's a lot of interviews there they can check out. They're a lot of fun. But also on this level, it's a pleasure working with people like yourself because you help get the message out and you're a beautiful soul with great energy. So to me, this is a pleasure on my end. Oh, thank you.
0: So, so wonderful. And I will maybe have to have a part two with you one day (laughs) because there's so much more that I know you could share.
1: (laughs) Well, we can do what you can call this blonde ambition. (laughs) Sure. We'll call it that. Oh, thanks. Dr.
0: Bruce Goldberg. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the uncover your magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.